Welcome to Growing in Grace, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. And now, here's the host of Growing in Grace, Mike Kapler and Joel Berizuki. Hi there once again. We are so glad you've joined us here for Growing in Grace. Mike Kapler, my name, Cap, along with the Breeze Man, Joel Brzezicki. Joel, uh, nice being with you. Love doing the programs. Love hearing from our listeners. What's the best way for people to get in contact with us? Well, hey, Mike, yeah. If you got a thought, a comment, a question, if you even have a complaint, we could take it, ma'am. And <laughs> you can get a hold of us through the website, graceroots.org. You'll find an email address to, to get a hold of us through there. And, of course, as always, all of our past Growing and Grace programs are archived uh, through the website, graceroots.org. So uh, we'd love to hear from you, and uh, we'd love it if you'd check out some of our past programs as well and let us know what you think. Yes, I haven't suffered much uh, persecution lately, and most of my persecution comes from religious people. So if there's any of you <laughs> out true. there who want to call and complain like or, or email us and complain, like Joel said, I'd appreciate that because I want to know that uh, I'm living godly in Christ Jesus when I'm being persecuted. Well, it's true. And, you know, I've, and the sad thing is, you know, we've been talking the last few weeks about guilt and condemnation. There's no more guilt, no more condemnation. Our sins have been taken away. And that's normal Christianity. That's what life in Christ is about. It, well, it, at least that's why we have life in Christ is because God has taken away sin and has left us without guilt and without condemnation. And yet the religious people, sadly to say that a lot of times it's religious Christians go around pointing out the sins of others, go around making others feel bad about their their lifestyles instead of offering them the hope of the truth that in Jesus Christ they have life and they have victory over sin. And, and some people don't know that. And so the religious people, when Christians who still sin, and we all do that, when they get their sins pointed out and when they get talked down to and when they get rebuked and and all kinds of things like that in very unloving ways sometimes, how are they supposed to grow in grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ when they're still uh, listening to people who are putting them under condemnation and law and guilt? I don't want to say that there's no place for talking with each other about some of the behavior that we commit because sometimes, you know what? We can talk things out and say, you know what, as a loved friend, I don't like how you're hurting yourself. I don't like how you're hurting other people. And if you have that type of trustful relationship with somebody, sure, there's a place for some of that. But overall, the way that we need to relate to one another is not through the flesh, but through the spirit, having no regard for the flesh, but having regard for who each other is in Christ and and building each other up in, in who we are in Christ. And so I'm sorry, I didn't mean to go off on that, but just the persecution uh, that happens so often isn't because Christians are going around being goody two shoes. It's because Christians are going, are, are sending it and other religious Christians are putting them down instead of building them up. Yeah, yeah, we have a lot of uh, even misconceptions about persecution. And following up on what we've been talking about the last few weeks, guilt and condemnation, last week we talked about the, the one sacrifice of Christ and how it covered all of our sins. He only had to sac- provide one sacrifice as opposed to the old covenant where they came up with the, the sacrifice of bulls and goats and continuously offered them up, but they could not take away sin. Remember, when, when you sin, God is not there to convict you of that sin. The enemy will be there, the accuser will be there to tell you 
that you're not worthy of God's grace and goodness because you keep doing the same stuff over and over again. That's where the enemy wants to try to defeat you after you blow it. But the Holy Spirit is there. Remember, we've talked about this in the Gospel of John before where Jesus said the Holy Spirit will come to convict the world of sin in hopes of leading them to Christ. But the Holy Spirit is there to convict the believer of righteousness, that you are still his, that he still loves you, that you are still clean, that you are completely forgiven. Sin has been removed from your life. Now, you may still go out and commit sins that don't line up with your new identity and and who you really are, but that has all been covered uh, and, and taken away through the the blood of Jesus Christ that has all been completed in him and and this is what's such good news so remember that remember the next time you blow it and you're sitting there trying to you're already starting to feel guilty about it you need to start remembering listen to that still small voice as it's called listen to the Holy Spirit within you if you listen close enough you can drown out the voice of the enemy and because God's voice is much stronger he lives in you and greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world And he will remind you of the fact that you are perfect, that you are forgiven, that you are his. There's no guilt. There's no condemnation. Not in Christ Jesus. As we were reading in Hebrews last week, Joel, and you were pointing out some of these things about how we have been perfected through this one sacrifice that covered all of our sin, past, present, and future. Otherwise, Jesus would have to sacrifice himself all over again. A little bit further down, the writer of Hebrews, in in Hebrews 10.22, he says, Having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. You don't have to worry about falling into sin consciousness anymore. And our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Some translations say the confession of our faith without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. What confession are we talking about? The confession that the one sacrifice that Christ made was sufficient to not only cover your sin, but take it away and perfect you and bring eternal righteousness into your life. That's indeed what the blood of Jesus has done. And uh, we can't say enough that it's one time and it's for all. It's once and for all that Jesus came to sacrifice himself. And so our sin has been taken away. You know, so often in in our uh, in the church today, when when people sin and this stuff isn't taught, I've been saying a few times this is normal Christianity. What what's mentioned here in Hebrews that our sin has been taken away, that it's a one time sacrifice for all. God required blood, but it was the blood of Jesus Christ, and that's the only thing that can take away our sins. There's nothing we can do that can take away our sin, and yet. So often what's preached is that if you've sinned, you've got to start doing things right again. You, It's up to you to make up for the sins that you've done, or at least we feel that way sometimes. And you were saying, Mike, a little bit ago, well, that the devil, the enemy, will try to remind us. He's going he's gonna to make every attempt that he can to make us feel as if we're dirty, rotten, evil, stinking sinners. Even if we do one little sin, or maybe if we repeat the same sin over and over again, you know what he's going to bring into the whole equation? He's going to try to bring the law into the picture and see, you know what? See, you've sinned. Look at what it says here. You've broken that law. You've broken that commandment. Uh, You're no good. What do you do in calling yourself a Christian when you keep doing that? The Bible says that the law was put there for a reason. There was a reason that God gave the law. 
Uh, in fact, in Romans 5, it says that the law entered that the offense or the sin might abound. I mean, how many times have you ever heard that preached? <laughs> Usually we hear preachers preaching the law to try to get people to stop sinning. But it says in Romans 5.20 that the law entered that, the sin, that sin might increase or it might abound. But it says, where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. And so you see here one purpose of the law was to make the transgression increase, was to make everybody guilty. But grace abounded much more. And so if you're hearing those lies of the devil that are making you feel guilty or condemned, remember that God's grace overcame sin. And you know where sin abounded, grace abounded so much more. And so there's no guilt. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Don't let the devil lie to you like that. Tell him what the Bible says. He, you know, he knows what the Bible says, so it's not so much like you have to tell him, but you need to remind yourself what the truth of the Bible says. It says that in Christ, grace is what rules your life. God's grace is the only thing that you can stand upon, and it is sufficient. It's completely sufficient. It's something that your own sacrifice, your own attempts at trying to, to deal with your sin can never accomplish. Only grace, and it's only by the one-time blood sacrifice of Jesus. So rest in God's grace. Yeah, because uh, there's nothing required on our part anymore to receive forgiveness. It's already been given. We've already received it. Probably uh, in my younger days of not understanding all of this stuff, Joel, uh, before I understood the grace walk and righteousness by faith, when I did the wrong thing, my first reaction, my instinct, was to ask for God's forgiveness. I don't have to do that anymore, but if you feel the need to confess something, hold fast the, hold fast the confession of your hope, the confession of your faith, as the writer of Hebrews was talking about here. If anything, what you were just referring to, Joel, is thank the Lord that you are forgiven. Mm-hmm. You know, when you know you've done something wrong, and the, the enemy is there saying, oh, you just coveted. The law says you should not covet, you dirty, rotten scumbag. When, when you hear that voice, wait a minute, listen to that still, small voice of the Holy Spirit telling you that you're righteous, that you're forgiven, that you're loved, that your position with God has not changed because the, the sacrifice of Christ has overcome all of that stuff. So you might be able to say, thank you, God, that I'm forgiven. Thank you for making me righteous. And help me to make the right decisions from now on. Um, Help me to be strong and and to overcome some of the temptations that come my way. I mean, you might be able to say some of that, but you can always thank God that you are forgiven. You don't have to ask him for something that's already been given to you. Here's a verse that we tend to start with. It's one of those verses that gets taken out of context. We pluck it out, and, and we try and figure out what the writer is saying after we read the verse. And it's this, Joel. It's Hebrews 10.26. For if we sin willfully... After we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. I heard a pastor one time many years ago say, first of all, when you stop and think about it, he said, can I see a show of hands? How many in the room have actually sinned unwillfully? (laughs) And you stop and think about it, it's probably not too often that we uh, haven't sinned willfully. If we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. Friends, go back and read several chapters of Hebrews that led up to this verse mm-hmm. because the writer of Hebrews is talking about what we've been talking about. The one sacrifice for Christ, of Christ, once and for all. Get that now. Repeat it over to yourself. Say it out loud. Once and 
for all. One sacrifice. The, remember, the blood of bulls and goats could not take away sin. What, what the writer of Hebrews is simply saying here, again, taking into context what he's been talking about for many chapters, if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, since the old system, the old covenant of animal sacrifices no longer exists, if you reject this one sacrifice that God has provided through Jesus Christ, there no longer remains a sacrifice for your sins. So remember, if you sin, uh, blood sacrifice is still required to be forgiven. The good news is the sacrifice has already been made through Jesus. You don't have to go back to doing animals anymore. But if you reject the one sacrifice of Christ and don't receive that forgiveness through that sacrifice, there no longer remains a sacrifice for your sins because the old system had been done away with. The blood of Jesus, that's really what everything is based upon. There's nothing that we can do. And, and like you're saying in that verse, Hebrews 10:26, we so much focus on just those first few words there in that verse without, without remembering all of what the writer has been leading up to. There is no other sacrifice because the blood sacrifice of Jesus is the only sacrifice that there has ever been for sins. The work was finished, as we've talked about before. Jesus Christ made that sacrifice, and he sat down at the right hand of God, which means the work was finished. That's the only sacrifice, and it's completely sufficient. I'm Joel. It's good, it's good news, Joel. Good news. Right on. It is it, that it is good news. That's what the gospel is. Well, hey, I'm the Breeze Man, Joel Breezeke, along with Mike Kapler, the Cap, growing in grace. Join us again next time as we talk more about growing in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You've been listening to Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Baruzaki, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ.